Does manual treasury management and operations have your crypto business stuck in the slow lane? Scale up and speed ahead with Fireblocks, the number one platform for crypto operations and trading pros that makes custody, settlement, and rebalancing quick and easy. Visit fireblocks.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Coinbase Prime, an integrated solution that provides institutional investors with an advanced trading platform, secure custody, and prime services to manage all of their crypto assets in one place. Futuristic companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy have used Coinbase's comprehensive investing platform to execute some of the largest trades in the industry. Learn more by visiting coinbase.com prime to get started today. I'd also like to give a shout out to Cross River. Whether you're a crypto exchange, NFT marketplace, or wallet, Cross River's integrated API-based platform provides the payment solutions you need to grow. A CryptoFin industry award winner and an early partner for companies like Coinbase, Cross River's tech stack supports crypto partners and enables real-time money movement for consumers. Welcome to a new world of crypto-friendly banking at crossriver.com crypto. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of the blocks. Podcast guests may have taken positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For full terms, visit theblockcrypto.com slash terms dash service. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, editor-at-large at The Block. And today we have, we're going to have a little bit of a break from the market turmoil episodes that we've had. Hopefully, maybe this will be a bit more lighthearted, give you a bit of a, a break from price go down. Today on the other side of the mic, we have Jody Rich, CEO of NFT NYC and Cred, as well as the co-founder of NFT NYC, Cameron Bale. Any relation to Christian or no? We'll find out. Jody is a very well-followed entrepreneur and NFT Cred is a, an NFT platform for brands and events looking to establish themselves in the broader world of NFT, so serving as that bridge for folks. And Jody and Cameron are also the founders of the leading NFT event, NFT NYC, which is happening. So hopefully you're here with us. Jody Cameron, thanks so much for joining the show. Appreciate you coming on. It's great to hear you, Frank. Yeah, it's great to hear both of you. I'm excited to sort of get your impression. So, I mean, I kind of maybe rugged everybody. I talked about how this will be a little bit more lighthearted, but I want to get your opinion on the state of the NFT market. For a little bit of a while, it seemed like it was kind of fending off the the downward pressure that we've seen you know hit liquid tokens but obviously these things are priced in ether so when ether's down or at least in aggregate the value of these nfts also go down why do you think there's so many people still descending upon new york despite the price of these nfts being down well 
The theme this year at NFT NYC is the diversity of NFTs. We started this conference, we had the idea to do it back in 2018, and the 2019 conference was, you know, what's possible with NFTs? And we've always focused on the utility of NFTs, which now has become affecting so many different industries. And when you talk about you know, prices of NFTs, I think you're talking about a fairly small sector. About 30% of our speakers are talking about art, NFTs, and collectibles. And I think that's where pricing is affected. The other 70% is ticketing and fashion and identity and AI. And what I think about at two o'clock in the morning is not the price of an NFT, but what can an NFT do for me? And you mentioned my background. I was very early in the social media boom, very early in mobile telephony, very early in microcomputers. And I've never seen a particular technology being adopted so quickly. And it's way beyond trading, which is the very interesting thing. And this year I have Radio City as one of the, the venues. And one of the first talks at Radio City is going to be a fireside chat with Jaehan Chu. And Jaehan also is one of the founders in this space. And he and I will be talking about what I call dynamically compositing NFTs, which really means NFTs that change with inputs and as they're being passed around. Cam, you were going to say something about the different flavors of NFTs too. Yeah, well, I think, um, and this is sort of back to Frank's point about how growth of the NFT space is not always in correlation to the price of crypto is that NFTs give people the power to be part of something. One of the things that we're excited about this year is that we've partnered with a data partner called Mnemonic who have helped us analyze all of the public wallet addresses that the community has provided for NFT NYC. And something super interesting is that 68% of our attendees got their first NFT in 2021 and 22% of them got their first NFT in 2022. And that's from a survey of, you know, 15,000 attendees, but the number of wallet addresses that were provided to us. But I think, you know, what we know is that people want to be a part of something. And, you know, crypto does that in a way. Like, you know, we see on Twitter, for example, people that put, you know, BTC maximalist or, you know, they put ETH or other currencies in their in their bios to show that they're a part of, of that sort of movement. But I think NFTs are sort of really community-driven and not necessarily attached to the value of the thing that they're holding. I think it's interesting because I've said this before on a few different shows, NFTs really provide a, a vehicle through which you can express yourself in a digitally native way. I mean, we spend most of our lives, you know, you mentioned the Bitcoin maxis on Twitter on Twitter, on social, across the web, you know, people aren't coming into your houses as much as they used to. They don't, they're not seeing you in the physical flesh as much as they used to, especially, you know, after COVID. So using NFTs are a very powerful mechanism to show and have it verified on chain that you have ownership of things that represent something about yourself. Hmm. Yeah. I'm curious, though, on ticketing, is that what it's about? Is it about expression? I don't know if NFT NYC is giving tickets out via an NFT, but let's say I had FrankCon and you could attend by purchasing a FrankCon NFT, okay? 
that shows that you, you know, went, you're, you're early on the Frank train, uh, whatever have you. You have a connection to me to some degree. Is it just about that or is there an added efficacy of running an event and giving tickets out via NFT as opposed to, you know, just in your email and you scan the QR code? Tickets is absolutely one of the leading applications. We've seen brands now very much coming in and being part of this space. The brands track at NFT NYC is 10 hours this year. I think it was an hour or two last year. I'll be doing a fireside chat with Brendan Lynch from Ticketmaster. Live Nation, the owners of Ticketmaster, have been very, very vocal in how they've been using NFTs. But I think there are many different ways that NFTs are being used in ticketing. At its simplest, it's a commemorative stub. It's a live stub. It's a way to show your grandchildren that you attended an event. Another could be you know, capturing a moment when what actually happened uh, on the field with a particular athlete. And then I think the application you're speaking about is where the NFT actually provides access as well. That, I think, is the, is the earliest stage. We've been working with a very big ticketing platform to create a digital twin NFT. And the reason it's a digital twin is because many event organizers and venues want to know who is actually attending. And the anonymity of an NFT transfer causes complications. And so you, you need to mate it to an e-ticket, and that requires integrations, which, which we're doing with our NFT cred platform. We're using NFTs at NFT NYC to do quite a few things. Cam, do you want to talk about these speaker cards, which, which is one of the most fun things and I think was very well received last year? Yeah, that's right. So as Jody mentioned, we've been thinking since we first started the event how NFTs could be used in an in-person event uh, you know, experience to improve the attendee experience and you know, give people a taste of how NFTs can be used in different applications. And one of the things that we started last year was what we would call the NFT speaker cards, which are essentially like a commemorative NFT that celebrates that, you know, a particular person like Frank, for example, spoke at NFT NYC 2021. And so the NFT, of course, gets minted by the authority, which in this case is NFT NYC. But what we actually did was put them up in a marketplace for free to allow attendees to collect their favorite speakers, sort of like collecting Pokemon. But what they did was sort of allow attendees to really show who they were interested in and take home a piece of the event that, you know, one day people might look back on their NFT collection and say, oh, my God, I have, you know, Alexis O'Haney and the founder of Reddit from when he spoke at NFT NYC in 2021. Or I have you know, some other person that has since done something incredible or changed the world in some way and giving people something to take home. So that sort of like relates to that. And they were really popular. They were really popular, weren't they? And uh, the other thing we did, Frank, was we put them all up on billboards in Times Square. So all the speakers and the attendees got to see their favorite speaker cards and favorite speaker NFTs up in Times Square. It was incredibly well received. I think it sold out in, or sold out. And people claimed them in a very, very short period of time. Yeah. I think some people who are listening might think, well, geez, that sounds kind of nerdy. <laughs> being impressed or finding it interesting that you have a NFT from a esoteric crypto conference from, let's say, 10 years in the past. But it's not that bizarre. Uh, you mentioned Alex Ohanian. He has an interesting anecdote about when he meets people, they'll 
not introduce themselves by their career or their relationship to the people they know in their lives, where they live geographically, they will say, hey, you know, good to meet you. I've been a Redditor for eight years. I've been a Redditor for seven years, six years Redditor. And, yeah. you know, it's strange how we we kind of find these random things and make it a part of our identity. Imagine if you had the day you joined Reddit or any other platform, an on-chain sort of verification badge of sorts that you can show to the world that you were there, that you were a part of that history. Exactly. Like a badge of honor in some cases. Yeah, the badge of honor. And Cam, the other thing you've done is you've allowed the speakers to attach their wonderful speaker NFTs to their LinkedIn so they can people can come back and see it on their profile, which is fun. The other application, Frank, is NFT swag. And this year, I think well over 100 sponsors are actually providing NFT swag. Cam, do you want to talk about some of the ways the attendees can use that NFT swag? Yeah, so so back to that point of like thinking about how NFTs can sort of enrich a in-person event or even digital event attendee experience. When we first started in 2019 for the first event, we were thinking about, you know, what are the problems with physical events? What are the things that happen where NFTs could really change the way event organizers do things? And one of the experiences was that trade show experience where you go, you get your name badge around your neck, and then someone gives you this recycled shopping bag with printed fridge magnets and pens and pamphlets from sponsors that, you know, 99% of the time people leave at the hotel or they throw straight in the trash and they just don't really care. But the, the sponsors, the stakeholders in that event, they really want to have some sort of measurable ROI and understand, you know, what was the impact of me being a part of this event and how did I benefit the attendees and how did I engage the people that are my target audience? And so what we did was implement something called the, the NFT swag bag where we're recreating that experience but with NFTs that allow with full transparency for the world to see, including the sponsors, including the event organizers, including the other attendees, who was interested in which particular things that were going on during the event at that time. And so, you know, sponsors are creating things like access tokens that give people access to their communities that they give away for free during the event, or they're giving them NFTs that grant them access to, you know, have a sit down meeting with someone on their team or their CEO or a speaker, for example. So we're seeing all these like really interesting ways that people are giving things away with NFTs. The significance of that is that the big hype last year about NFTs was so much about speculation. And when we talk about how utility is what has kept NFTs afloat despite crypto markets changing and things like that, I think that this is a really good example of how brands and events, for example, can build community and create like real utility and a different type of value with NFTs that's not necessarily attached to money. What are some of the other prominent use cases? The ones that I like most are around identity, where an NFT can be used by me to share who I am, to provide access to my content. Zooming back out to 35,000 feet, social networks have given us the ability to express ourselves, but we express 
ourselves actually in the network itself and other people own the containers, they own the institution. But the NFT is something that we can own and we can use it to express ourselves and it's not controlled by a Facebook or a Twitter or anyone else. And it could be my art that I put on there, it could be a video of me kite surfing, it could be a blog post that I've written that people can like and comment because it's an NFT. This is probably more a two or three year out thing, but if Google ends up properly indexing NFTs, if you type my name in and see all the NFTs that I've touched, been interested in or created, that probably will give you as much insight into who I am as looking at my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And it's more dynamic as well. I also want to touch on brands. This is something that I have found very interesting and I think can probably be fairly relatable to most people. When you think about why a luxury brand would want to be involved in this space, there's a there's kind of a practical element, which has been somewhat well understood for a while, which is you have this problem of counterfeiting. You have this problem of how do I know that this physical object in the analog world is legitimate? Typically, you have records of authenticity and, and that sort of thing. But to have that verification on-chain is far more powerful and, you know, is something that can't really erode with time. Totally. Cam, you did a really interesting thing with Coach, and they're doing something during NFT NYC next week. Yeah, so Coach is a brand that is is definitely experimenting in this space. We've been talking to them and working with them for some time with Vayner NFT, and they're definitely forward-thinking and thinking about these things and they're doing various different experiments. But one that I'll point out, just sort of a, a little trial that we did last year, during NFT NYC, we printed or we embroidered a thousand NFT NYC hats. And these were just black baseball hats that had the NFT NYC logo on them. But we worked with a company called Smart Seal to actually authenticate those hats with NFC embedded tags within each hat. And basically how this worked was that anyone who got one of these hats could tap their phone on it and the NFC tag would deliver the NFT to your wallet. And so that NFT basically showed that this hat is attached to this NFT, which was created by NFT NYC and my hat is number, you know, 227 out of 1000. And so if you take that example, you can see how that can scale to luxury goods, it can scale to physical artwork, it can scale to anything where you want a physical product to be sort of certified and that certificate of authenticity can be public on chain where people can actively see who is the rightful owner of that thing. And so if the physical object was to ever change hands, like it was stolen, for example, or lost, there would always be a verifiable ledger to see who the rightful owner was and that this particular object was actually created by the brand or the entity claiming who made it. So there's that practical element. And then there's just a, there's like an aesthetic element as well, which is if people are going to be in the metaverse, if the metaverse is going to actually be a thing, people don't want to walk around the metaverse nude and you feel it when <laughs> you're in there. You don't want to have no, not only do you not want to be naked you also don't want to have like cheap skins. If you're someone who cares about wearing a Gucci belt in the physical world, you're probably going to care about wearing one in the digital world too. 
Yeah, and and that sort of raises a really interesting point about interoperability too, right? Like, imagine I buy my Gucci belt in the real world, and it comes with an NFT. That NFT sort of shows the authenticity of the physical product, but also that NFT can be interoperable and allow me to wear my Gucci belt in Somnium space or in Decentraland or in the Sandbox or any of these other metaverses that use the same token standards. So I think we've already seen that actually. I think Gucci did something with handbags where you could take your Gucci handbag into various metaverses. Interesting. Having trouble keeping pace with the crypto boom? When your business is scaling up and your portfolio is growing, you don't want to waste precious time on manual treasury management or settling in rebalancing. Fireblocks can handle that for you with smart, scalable solutions for your crypto business, along with industry-leading security and expertise. They'll take care of the back end so you can focus on the big picture. Visit fireblocks.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Coinbase Prime, an integrated solution that provides institutional investors with an advanced trading platform, secure custody, and prime services to manage all their crypto assets in one place. Coinbase Prime fully integrates crypto trading and custody on a single platform and gives clients the best all-in pricing in their network using their proprietary smart order router and algorithmic execution. Futuristic companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy have already used Coinbase's comprehensive investing platform to execute some of the largest trades in the industry. Build a unified investment portfolio with one of the most trusted names in crypto. Learn more by visiting coinbase.com prime to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Cross River. Building the next big thing in crypto? Then it's time to get your fiat on and off ramp solution from Cross River. Whether you're a crypto exchange, NFT marketplace, or wallet, Cross River's integrated API based platform provides the payment solutions you need to grow. Cross River is powering the future of financial services. A crypto fin industry award winner and an early partner for companies like Coinbase, Cross River's tech stack supports crypto partners and enables real-time money movement for consumers. Welcome to a new world of crypto-friendly banking. Request your fiat on and off-ramp solution now at crossriver.com slash crypto. You're still, you're throwing me on that point about being nude, Frank. Sorry, I don't want you to think about me being nude. Just the general idea of being digitally nude is, is something that I imagine people don't want to to be. And I felt it, you know, when I first started experimenting in the metaverse and going into like crypto voxels, I didn't have any skins and it felt, I felt like a pleb, which mm. was something I wasn't expecting because mm. it's just pixels on a screen. Mm. It's really interesting. I've never really thought about it like that. I've always thought about it as sort of NFTs being an add on in a virtual space and enhancing who I am rather than necessarily being something that I have to do to be part of that sort of thing with my Gucci built. But it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. I really like the applications that we're starting to see where NFTs actually morph based on what's going on around them or what other things you have in your wallet, NFTs that unlock things, NFTs that give you privileges, 
you know, Gary Vee just did his whole conference around owning an NFT that gives you access to different things. That's huge. It's really huge. And we're, we're well on the way with brands embracing this. Yeah, I'm just looking at an article here in Gotham Magazine. You've got Burberry, Bulgari, Louis Vuitton. All of them have, to some degree, gotten involved in this space. But is it real? Like, to what extent you maybe see it in engaging with some of these companies? How much spend is actually going towards this market? And is it just like a marketing play? I cover some of the financial services companies when Visa and a MasterCard do an NFT play, typically that's coming out of the marketing budget. Is that Mm. what this is at this point or is it a bit more real? It's really early days. You know, this reminds me of back in 2008 when I would wander around Madison Avenue explaining to people what Twitter did and why social networks were important. And, And everyone would say, oh, you know, these things are just fads. And I think we're at the very, very, very early stage of NFTs we are seeing a number of brands setting up teams to focus on NFTs. And as I said, I think ticketing is the near-term application. We've talked about digital goods and attachment to physical goods. And of course, how are NFTs actually completely changing the way artists work? And we're doing an experiment this year with NFT NYC where we've invited the art community to submit unminted art for us to put up on the Times Square billboards and then mint for artists. We had 2,000 artists supply. We selected 200 artworks. And, you know, for an emerging artist, this is an amazing way for them to jump over all of the problems that artists have with galleries and commissions and things and suddenly make their works available. Mm. I think that's one of the industries that is near-term being disrupted. I just listed my house in Florida on Airbnb thinking about making the reservations NFTs. So you get minted an NFT for your stay at Casa Chaparro. (laughs) (laughs) Casa Chaparro, that's fantastic. Well, we can help you with that. (laughs) And then we'll we'll have to figure it out. Why don't we give away a week at at your place at NFT NYC next week? (laughs) We could, yeah. Why not? How fun is that? Hey, um, you're coming to NFT NYC next week, aren't you? I am. I'll be there. I think I'm going to be at Radio City. Oh, wonderful. So how many people are attending? What what should we expect? Well, last year was 5,600. The year before was, I think, less than 1,000. Yeah. This year we have 15,000 people. Someone said to me, wow, you guys are creating the South by Southwest of New York. We love New York. New York has the billboards. New York has the culture. It has the money markets and it has the people. And this is the perfect place for the NFT NYC event to become huge. So this year it's 15,000 and 1,500 speakers, 300 sponsors, 10 stages and seven venues. And you mentioned Radio City. Radio City is day one along with six other venues on day one and 16 tracks, 16 different tracks each of them about different applications of NFTs. And for people who may be deceived to a degree by the accent, Jody is a native of New York and a proud New Yorker at that. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I um, I learned to rollerblade in Central Park. 
I learned to fly in New Jersey and Teterboro. I was born in New York. I had my bar mitzvah in New York and I love New York. And I now tell everyone post COVID that everyone in New York speaks like me. (laughs) I think that the city has become reawakened. It's hard to be anywhere else. Totally. It's becoming increasingly more difficult, I'd say. And so how did you convince Radio City to get on board? I think they want to be part of things that really, as you say, bring the city to life. It was quite an emotional thing for me. I was really keen. We did originally have to call them quite a few times to get them interested. But for me, back in 1973, my dad took me to Radio City and I I thought, oh my gosh, maybe one day we can do something here. And so it's a huge privilege for me to be hosting this conference and to be on stage in Radio City and you know have 6,000 people in the Radio City audience. They've been great now and they've helped us. And because of their proximity to Times Square, they sort of bring everything together. We start on Monday afternoon with registration and then on Tuesday morning at 8.30 a.m., we're going to be watching a NFT billboard takeout from the Red Steps in Times Square. Interestingly, this year, uh, I think it's the American Yoga Association is also going to be in Times Square. So there's going to be this wonderful mix of NFT people and yoga people. And then we walk from the Red Steps uh, to Radio City and the Marriott and the Edison Hotel and the other venues. I wonder how much overlap there is between yoga people and NFT people. Well, we're going to see. (laughs) (laughs) So for people who are, you know, I imagine there is still intrigue despite floor prices on the PFPs being down. I'm sure there's a lot of professionals who maybe work in marketing or in luxury goods who are keen to explore the potential of this application. So what advice maybe would you give to someone looking to get into NFTs? Come to the event and enjoy the serendipity. That's what I say to people. A lot of people say to me, you know, what is your favorite track or what, you know, what is your favorite talk? We have some amazing talk titles. There's NFTs about AI and there's talks about NFT and different brand applications. There's lots of great content about sports this year, specifically Olympians talking about how they're using NFTs. We've got Romain Grosjean, the Formula One driver, who's going to be talking about how NFTs can impact the fan experience for Formula One fans. There was one called Let's Mint Every Human Being in the World as an NFT by Katie Richmond. And then there's NFTs are dying, bring them back to life. And then we've got the future of fandom with NFTs, the NFT playbook for brands, impact secrets from NFT underdogs. It's just, it's really fun. It's the serendipity, I think. It's the things that you're not expecting that are going to happen to you next week. Yeah, I think to add to that, one word for brands, I think, that are entering the NFT space, it's all about authenticity and like, you know, sticking to what the consumer or your community wants. I think like having a brand that strays from what they do to like sell NFTs and try to make a bit of money, they will quickly tarnish their names in many cases. And I think as long as they do something that's authentic, I think that brands will show how NFTs can be a value add to their community and not sort of a distraction from what they're really focused on doing. What do you think is the biggest red flag of inauthenticity? Uh, I think people trying to sell drops at high prices. 
or an unknown creator. Yeah. Like anything else that you're buying, you know, who are you buying something from? If it's a collectible or art NFT, it's got to do with trying to understand the provenance of the creator. And like a, a detachment from what that brand really does, using brands as an example. But if there was a sports brand that was selling NFTs that, you know, had nothing to do with sports, they were literally just a, a graphic or a video, for example, and there was no utility around sports or what the sports fan actually expects, then I think that's sort of like, to me at least, that's one of the ways that I would say that's unauthentic to what their brand really is. But there are some really, really great examples now of even athletes that are saying, well, if you hold my NFT, you will get access to at least three games in my box or you will get access to meet me or you will get access to these benefits as someone who's showing that they're really part of my fan club. So authenticity can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I want to be respectful of your guys' time. I know you probably have to get back to the event. What are you guys most looking forward to over the next six months in NFTs? I think the ticketing space is going to get bigger and bigger. I think we heard from Michael Rapino at Live Nation that they're running a, a whole number of really different and exciting projects for NFTs. So there'll be millions of NFTs minted around the ticketing space. We're going to see a lot more from artists. We're going to see many more collections. And for me, and the reason we run this event, we're giving our community a voice. We're going to see a lot of new people entering the space. We had over 200 people apply for grants. As I said earlier, we've had 2,000 artists want to show off their work. There's going to be many, many new entrants, not just brands, but, but creators. And that's the fun part. That's Seeing all of these new people enter this space is awesome. Yeah, I think the state of the crypto market, as you started with earlier, Frank, has been a bit of a shock to the system for NFTs. And I think in the next six months, what that's going to do is force people that are entering this space to really think about the utility of what they're doing and the you know the core value of why they're doing this and, and what they're offering their communities rather than this being really a speculative market. So I think I hope that that's what we see over the next six months. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for stopping by the show today. Once again, we've been joined today by Jody Rich and Cameron Bale. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Where can our listeners learn more about you and what you're working on? Go to nft.nyc. Easy enough. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Bye. The Scoop will be back for you again with another great guest or maybe two. Have an amazing day.